Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I want to welcome you to one of my favorite episodes of the year, as the Chicago Bears have made some moves, including two free agent signings. So it's time to share our instant analysis and reaction. Here with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, the new league here is here, and it just feels like it's, you know, with everything else that's kind of going on in the world, it's exactly what we need, Right. I wonder what you're referencing there, Will. But yeah, absolutely. I think just yesterday being able to just one, look at Twitter and see all these transactions happen and just to escape what's actually going on right now with the coronavirus. But it was much needed and hopefully things do get better, you know, in the meantime. But yeah, this free agency period, this legal tampering period, technically we're not in the new league year until tomorrow, but everything happens now. It, It was much needed for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's been good to hear Bears news, real sports news here uh, early on this week. And just a quick rundown of the show, that way our listeners know what to expect. Uh, We're going to break down the two new Bears signings, that being Jimmy Graham and Robert Quinn. We'll follow up by discussing the release of Leonard Floyd, talk about the Bears quarterback options as they're heavily looking into the market, and we'll wrap things up. Uh, I'm not going to spoil all of our segments, so we'll keep that one uh, just a little bit under wraps for now. But Getting back to business, Nick, are you ready to kind of jump into the show and talk about what's new with the Chicago Bears? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Let's go ahead and kick things off with the first move that we heard about on Monday, and that's the addition of former Packers side end uh, Jimmy Graham, who's coming to Chicago on a two-year, $16 million deal. And this one, Nick, we've had some time to kind of stew on it a little bit. So take us through your overall thought process from the moment you heard it until where you are now and how it's changed. Um. Yeah. So when I heard that the Bears were signing Jimmy Graham to a two-year deal with what nine million dollars in guaranteed money, I was just confused by it. Uh, Jimmy Graham is a guy that I believe his best days are behind him. He's far removed from that 2013 season where he had a career high 16 touchdowns. And then when you see what he's done with Green Bay, and a guy, and here's people make this argument that Aaron Rodgers doesn't like throwing to the tight ends, and I get that he doesn't, but it's still. Aaron Rodgers in two seasons there, Graham had 93 receptions, 1,083 yards, and five total touchdowns in those two seasons with the Packers. And then you just kind of wonder, with the question marks that the Bears have at the quarterback position, how can you really expect any better with an aging Jimmy Graham, someone who's not known for his blocking, and someone who just hasn't been as productive in the league in recent years? So still, from yesterday till now, I'm still questioning Ryan Pace, his decision, but Will, we, we kind of talked about maybe why the, the reason is. I'll let you kind of talk about that in a little bit, but I'm, I'm still not a fan of the move, even if uh, the Bears obviously needed some depth at the tight end position, but I'm just not a fan of it right now, and I'm, hopefully Jimmy Graham can prove, prove me wrong, prove a lot of Bears fans wrong, because I think this move just rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. It did. It really did. It rubbed me the wrong way initially, and I'm warming up to it a little bit uh we'll grade this signing in a little bit and you'll see that i'm still not over the moon about it but i'm feeling a little bit better uh you talked about it nick is this an upgrade and i the one reason why i think it is is his durability Uh, graham's only missed seven games in 10 seasons i don't think he's missed a game since 2015 when you're looking at trey burton 
Adam Shaheen, I think their number one knock is their lack of availability and their you know injury proneness that we've seen here in Chicago over the past few years. So the fact that Jimmy Graham, if history is any indicator, should be available, should be someone who can put together a full season. And just by doing that, he should be at least an upgrade compared to some of these undrafted guys have been kind of kicking the tires a little bit here. But he is old, 33. He's going to turn 34 this season. You said it. His best football is behind him. Uh, last year's stat line. From your big bear hugs to the little notes you leave in your kids' lunches, it's already obvious you're an amazing mom. But there's one thing you can do to be even more amazing. Quit smoking. Because when you quit, not only does your risk of heart attack, stroke, and lung cancer decrease, your kid's risk of asthma, bronchitis, and ear infection does too. It's a win-win. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit quitlineiowa.org for a quit plan that's right for you. Quit for you. Quit for them. Brought to you by the Iowa Department of Public Health. And 38 catches, only 447 yards, three touchdowns. Granted, I think we would both take that from any single tight end last season, but that was his lowest output since Graham's rookie year. And Nick, we were in high school when Jimmy Graham was a rookie. Doesn't that feel crazy to you? Feels like a lifetime ago. It does, and that's when Jimmy Graham, obviously a couple years afterwards, he started coming into the league. But I think when you also think about Jimmy Graham and why the Bears actually took him, it was back in you know earlier when they they first drafted him the saints ryan pace was there and he was i think the the player personnel scout at the time so he had a big part in bringing jimmy graham to the saints so obviously maybe just thinking that they could still get some good productivity out of a guy like graham and that's why he is now here arguably could be the number one tight end right now for the bears yeah, it's really interesting, too. I know a lot of people, when you think about Jimmy Graham, you know what he did in New Orleans. And Nick, I'm curious, do you think Ryan Pace is really going with his conviction here, having those similar ties dating back to the days in you know New Orleans with the Saints and kind of you know relying on that a little bit too much here? Or do you think that you know by looking at him, of course, uh, we talked about this in our previous podcast. Whenever you play a divisional team, you know those players more than anybody else, so they should have a really strong scouting report. Uh, what do you think that was uh, for? I'm trying to think how I want to even phrase this, but do you think Pace uh, overused their experience? Because it was so far ago. I mean, in the NFL, five, six seasons ago is an eternity. So much has changed since then uh, to kind of put his conviction and his foot down in this decision. So I think when you look at a lot of the moves that the Bears have made in this offseason, just bringing people in, you look at Clancy Barone, you look at uh, John Filippo, Bill Lazor, and look at Jimmy Graham, the common theme between all these guys, there is some familiarity with Coach Nagy, Ryan Pace, and that's why you're bringing them all here, as opposed to like the 2018 season where, where Nagy's in his first year, you're bringing a lot of guys that have experience at place you look at harry he with the offensive line coach you look at kevin gilbright jr having experience as well you're just trying to get a lot of guys for a rookie head coach so he can feel comfortable being that guy for the bears now that Nagy's now going into his third season you're kind of seeing that he's bringing guys that he's worked with in years past has a comfortability with and then also ryan pace as well so i think it just goes along with the theme of this offseason for the bears thus far obviously robert quinn i don't think he has any ties to really anybody um, on this coaching staff at least but you see a lot of the other moves that's the commonality between them so it's not surprising that Ryan Pace is doing this that Matt Nagy is choosing to do this as well but it does I think again just create some kind of comfort when you're bringing in somebody you know them there isn't that you know maybe that tough transition period for these guys to try to get acclimated to teams they have someone they're comfortable with and that's why I ultimately think this Jimmy Graham move just falls in line with a lot of the other moves the Bears have already made this offseason. For sure. I want to kind of break down some things I like about this signing. Number one, when it comes to Jimmy Graham, I like his red zone presence. He has 17 red zone touchdowns over the past three seasons. Uh, He did lead all tight ends in that category in 2017. And over that same span, he catches about 50% or more of his targets down in the red zone. Additionally, his playoff experience, eight games in the playoffs, which, of course, anytime you can bring on players who do have that experience, I think that always kind of 
looms large and that's a very positive impact to have in that locker room, especially if you can get into a position to get yourself into the playoffs. Uh, and don't forget, he had a few key catches this past postseason to kind of help seal the victory for Green Bay in the divisional round. And looking throughout his career, too, he's played with some really great quarterbacks besides one. Uh, he played with Drew Brees. Uh, he played with Russell Wilson. And then he had to go play with Aaron Rodgers. But in all seriousness, mm-hmm. he's played with some of the best quarterbacks of this era right now in football. And I know people aren't really sold on Jimmy Graham as a blocker, and I don't blame them one bit. But it's not that he can't consistently block. I think there are moments in which he does show he can be a valuable blocker. I was looking at some film from him uh, last season in Green Bay. I think he did a little bit better than what I thought I was going to see. I was able to see him take care of defensive ends, linebackers, safeties, and just kind of drive them out of the play. I saw him knocking guys down to the turf, and there's one defensive end, I forget his name, but he took him from the hash mark all the way to the sideline, just making sure he never had an opportunity to enter that play. And, of course, uh, those moments were probably too far and in between for Jimmy Graham, but he does have that capability. And, Nick, when I'm looking at Jimmy, you know he's not – as fluid as he once was. He's not as fast, as shifty. Father time does catch up to the best of us. Even though he doesn't have, you know, every step that he used to have when he was younger, uh, do you believe looking at Matt Nagy's offense and his scheme, they can still find ways to scheme him open because he may not have that true athleticism to break free in a man-to-man situation? Well, I think that Matt Nagy's offense is going to find ways to just get Jimmy Graham the football Um, and that is with scheme and just having areas where maybe you can exploit a matchup because I think Jimmy Graham still has I guess limited capabilities but he's still able to do things like that I think he was the only one who scored a touchdown the Bears and Packers first meeting week one when they opened the 2019 season Um, but I think so much goes through the tight end with what Matt Nagy likes to do so you're just going to see a lot of opportunities whether or not Jimmy Graham can capitalize on them by creating space or you know just being in the right position that's yet to be seen But he's going to have the opportunities because that's Matt Nagy's offense. They just didn't have anybody last year that they can really count on. When you have Trey Burton go down, Am Shaheen also go down and just be inconsistent, you have to rely on a lot of these younger guys that are just not ready to be that guy yet. Jimmy Graham does have experience, like you mentioned, Will, and I think he's just going to have a lot of opportunities as long as he stays healthy, which he has for the majority of his career, to make plays in this offense. Again, it's it all depends on how much Jimmy Graham really has left in the tank. And I, I'm I'm still debating whether or not he has that much, but it's you know, we'll have to wait and see on that. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things. Looking at this next season here, Nick, obviously I I love to give our initial impressions of what we should expect from a player because sometimes we're accurate. Sometimes we're not. You never know how things are going to shake out here, but you said it. You're going to, with what they're paying Jimmy Graham, he's going to be out there. He's going to be utilized. In this offense, you see him more as an inline guy or a move guy. He is 6'7, so he does, you know, at least physically fit that bigger inline guy, but not being the strongest blocker, he may be utilized as a hybrid between the two. Just my initial thoughts. I'm curious how you see him fitting in the tight end room. Uh, That's a good question. I think he will have more reception, more productivity as the U tight end. Just as as the Y, he just hasn't shown consistently throughout his entire career that he can be a capable blocker. He does have the physical frame to do so, and he will line up in line right offside each of the, the, the tackles there. That's to be expected, but I think you can see him in that slot at more of that receiver-esque that, that you – the U tight end really, but I think that's where you're going to see more of the production from Jimmy Graham. I know that the Packers last season, um, there were a couple games where they put three tight ends on a certain play, and that's where Jimmy Graham was just able to leak out on play action. Aaron Rodgers, just a nice little dump off pass. So maybe you can have a bunch of tight ends on the field because I think the Bears right now have a, like nine or ten or some crazy, crazy number of tight ends right now mm-hmm. currently on their roster. So you can put a bunch of guys not knowing who's going to go out for a pass, who's going to stay in and block and get guys open that way but I just foresee him being a little bit more productive as a U tight end and maybe that means he is you know lined up with his hand in the dirt and then goes out for a pass but I just see him in space in the slot that's where he's gonna do damage 
All right. Well, I want to kind of get, do you have any stat projections? When I'm looking at me, of course, it's always hard to gauge how these things are going to go, but I'm somewhere about 60 targets, 45 catches, 500 yards, five touchdowns. Seems like I would live with those numbers. Of course, if he would uh, uh, exceed them, no problem here whatsoever. But how about you? Any initial just throw them out there numbers sitting here in March? Yeah, that's it's interesting because you have to factor in whether or not, and there's been speculation, does this Jimmy Graham signing actually mean the end of Trey Burton? And I doubt it. I expect Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Graham and Trey Burton to both be on this team uh, mm-hmm. and playing. And then also who's actually throwing them the football. But um, – I, I like your I like your stat line. If he can get if he can get you know five touchdowns and those all be in the red zone, that's all I'm really looking for from Jimmy Graham. I think that's where he should make his money. That's where he's shown in the past that he can be a red zone threat and just another weapon. Outside of Allen Robinson last year, they had nobody that they can really rely on in the red zone. So if you can get those five touchdowns, and obviously that's as much that he had in the last two seasons with the Packers. You will take that as a Bears fan. You will take any production whatsoever out of a tight end because the Bears literally had nothing from all their tight ends last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it boils down to. You just want something, and obviously uh, the Bears weren't able to corral and like an Austin Hooper, so you go with this route, and obviously the market was thin. I mean, there are some guys. Do you think Graham's better than an Eric Ebron? I heard some people say yes, other people saying no. Uh, Ebron would have been a better fit. Just curious to your thoughts. That's um, that's man, that's a really good question. Ebron's obviously had, you know, he's had the injury history a little bit, especially these past couple seasons, and that hasn't been the case for Jimmy Graham. And he did uh, what? Ebron's just a year removed from having a really good season with Andrew Luck, if my memory serves mm-hmm. me right. Um, yeah, as of right now, I think, and obviously Ebron's a little younger. Maybe you bank on some of that upside. Hopefully he doesn't get injured. Maybe that's a guy you can count on or look forward to producing a little bit more than a Jimmy Graham. But I would say right now it's kind of even for me. If if Ebron's not able to play, he's no good for you. And that's like every tight end the Bears have had. But the Bears at least did their their homework seeing that Jimmy Graham, someone who's been on the field, maybe he's not as productive, but he's there. He's available. So – I do like that about this this move that the Bears just made. All right. Well, it's time to put our money where our mouths are, and let's go ahead and grade this signing. And, Nick, I know this is one where you're still having a tough time kind of chewing, so go ahead and swallow it. What's going to be the grade? Uh, just assessing – look, there weren't many good options out there at the tight end position outside of Austin Hooper, and then, you know, Hunter Henry um, gets tagged, I believe. It's just there wasn't many good options but I, I would hope that this move doesn't take them out of drafting a guy because I think that's where you can maybe get someone um, with potential. But I have to give this a C minus D plus area. I, I'm just not high on Jimmy Graham. I just don't see him being as productive. And with $9 million in guaranteed money, it was just more than I expected. And I just never considered Jimmy Graham an option. I really didn't. As we were kind of going into free agency into the offseason, never thought – Hey, the Bears should go get Jimmy Graham. This would be good for for the offense. He's he's reliable in the sense that he's on the field, but the production just isn't there. Maybe a change of scenery does some good things for for an aging, soon to be thirty four year old when it comes to uh, the twenty twenty season. But I'm not a fan of it. I hope he proves me wrong. But that's where I stand. D plus, C minus. Yeah, I think that's right where it kind of rolls. For me, I'm sitting there at a C minus. It's a lot of money. Like you've mentioned, he's out of his prime. But I think this signals the Bears are in win now. And this is someone where if you draft a rookie tight end, rookie tight ends historically don't provide a ton of value. That's a longer kind of game. Uh, so if he's someone that can be healthy and available, which we've mentioned, he should be an improvement. And again, it's just a lot of money for a team that's strapped for cash. But other than that, yeah, I mean, you can summarize this up right there. Washed up. He's out of his prime. A lot of money. So you probably overpaid for the production you're going to get out of him. So you're not going to get a high grade, but you're going to get some production out of him. So it's not the end of the world. And if he's someone where you think he can be a piece to help you get into the playoffs and succeed in it, then I guess you make the move. And that's what you're kind of hoping Ryan Pace is seeing and envisioning with this right here. So for me, I'm sitting at a C-. 
And sorry if I got a little weird there. I saw in the chat uh, someone said Cam just got traded to the yeah, Bears. I, I keep checking I, Twitter and refreshing just to see it because I'm like, we we can do an emergency podcast inside of an incident right you know, analysis podcast, but whew, that would be some big news to just absorb real quick on the fly, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I saw the same exact person in the chat which is not correct that they that cam newton it could be a possibility we have to see in the next couple of minutes hours days who knows and that's what's the beauty of it right that's the beauty of this time of year absolutely all right well let's breathe nothing new has happened yet we never know we still have over half a show to go but it's time to turn our attention uh, to a move that's making Bears fans more excited than Jimmy Graham. And that's going to be uh, the edge defender, Robert Quinn. He agreed to a five-year, $70 million deal earlier today. Quinn had 11 and a half sacks, 22 quarterback hits, and two forced fumbles with the Cowboys last year in 2019. And Robert Quinn, he's someone who has recorded at least four sacks in each of his nine seasons and reached double-digit figures four times. And he has over 80 sacks to his credit throughout his career. So, Nick... Just like Jimmy Graham, can you take me through your thought process of your initial instant reaction and now after some time to kind of sit on it where you stand? Yeah, so I was just about to start working out and then I see this news. I'm like, all right, workout is postponed. I didn't really even work out. But yeah, this was a big move by the Bears. And I think it's when you look at what they did, what it ended up doing to the Bears team, really. You get rid of Leonard Floyd. They obviously release him. So now you're bringing in a guy that has just produced over those nine seasons, like you said, Will. There was only a point in his career, 2015, 2016, where the sack numbers went down, but he's dealing with injuries during those two seasons. 2015, he had a back injury, ended his season in October. 2016, the Rams wanted to be a little careful with that back injury, so they slowly integrated him into the game plan. He ended up getting a shoulder injury, and then in week nine, he had like seizure-like symptoms. He credited that to dehydration, so it seemed like everything was good there. But you look outside of those two seasons, he's an impactful pass rusher and knows how to get to the quarterback, something that Leonard Floyd, as versatile of a player as he was, He just couldn't do consistently. The lowest sack total he ever had, Will, five in his rookie season outside of the two seasons that he was injured. 19 and a half sacks in that 2013 season. It's ironic that I think it's Jimmy Graham. His best season was in 2013, those 16 touchdowns. Uh, Robert Quinn's best season, 2013, 19 and a half sacks. Hmm. I don't know. Just matches up. But you mentioned double-digit sacks in four seasons. And Robert Quinn... He's he's not some guy that if you take away his first move, he's just going to halt. You're going to stop his pass rush. He has developed over you know the course of time that he's been in the NFL counter moves to get to the quarterback, and that is what I think I'm really excited about because a lot of the things that Leonard Floyd was doing, you take away his speed, what he wasn't getting after the he wasn't getting to the QB. Robert Quinn, that's not the case. He has a quick get off. Um, according to Next Gen Stats. Off the line of scrimmage, he gets off the line of scrimmage in 0.8 seconds, which was ranked fifth among edge rushers with at least 300 pass pass rushing snaps in 2019. He's quick. He has power, has counter moves to get after the QB. Complement that with a Khalil Mack on the opposite side and an Akeem Hicks up the middle. This is a dangerous, this is a dangerous front seven. It's also um I, I not that it's unique, but Robert or yeah, Robert Quinn, wherever he's gone, he's he's had somebody um, who can also get after the pass rusher or p- to the quarterback. He had Aaron Donald with the Rams. He had an older Cameron Wake with the Miami Dolphins. And then you have a Demarcus Lawrence with the Cowboys. You're arguably put giving him, you know, the best guy with Khalil Mack. Uh, people debate Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, but he has someone that can also do damage. You can't. You leave Khalil Mack, what, double team, triple team, whatever, and leave Robert Quinn one-on-one, you're asking to get your quarterback sacked, driven to the ground, because he is that guy that can do that. So I'm really excited about the move, still excited about the move. But what about you, Will? You know, you have much more complex thoughts as you're apparently just reacting to something. I thought we were going to break into the analysis part here after the fact. But if that's what you're doing in the shower and you're thinking about all those things and Hat tip to you. Uh, But for me, uh, as soon as I saw it, I was excited uh, because I knew that Robert Quinn, uh, what he was able to do, uh, not just in his time in L.A., but also, of course, what he did last year in Dallas. He was uh, one of those bigger buzz names. And 
you know, I never talked about him on a previous podcast. And when we're looking at free agency, I just never thought he was going to be an option that was even on the table. But, you know, the Bears were able to corral him. And that gets me very excited. He talked about his speed off the edge, his get off is so impressive. I was looking at some film from last year, and as soon as that ball is snapped, if you hit pause, he is the only one out of his stands and already making a break. And I think that's why a lot of his sacks, when you're watching, come from just honestly beating that left tackle off this, you know, getting into the stance, getting into out to his splits, beating him around the edge before he has a time to react. It's uh, really impressive. And that's why uh, I believe that speed was a big reason why he had the fourth, I believe the fourth most pressures in the league last year. Uh, and that was despite playing only the 14 games. And you mentioned it, he has counters. If uh, someone, uh, some team kind of takes away and adjusts to his speed uh, or they start to chip him, uh, he's going to whip out the bull rush and beat you with it because uh, he's that strong. And that bull rush is something that Leonard Floyd was unable to kind of you know perfect here in Chicago due to this uh, smaller frame, uh, not being as strong. It just wasn't a counter that he can rely on. And when you're looking at, of course, Quinn, you can tell he's seasoned. He has a variety of moves he can use with his hands, too, to break off of guys. But say he doesn't get there and say Akeem Hicks gets that initial pressure. Well, then Quinn has the hustle to go ahead and clean up and make that play. And those are some of the items we didn't see a year ago. So he's also going to be very good in those second effort uh, hustle type of plays as well. It's not going to be that quick get off. You get a sack every play. Um, But if someone else does get initial pressure, moves the quarterback around the pocket, Quinn does a great job of uh, diagnosing that and finding a way to clean up. You talked about, of course, he's going to help Khalil Mack. And I can't wait. We're going to talk about that separately. But one area where I think he really will help is that he primarily does line up on the defense's right side uh, against the left tackles. And last year, they did a little flipping back and forth. But Khalil Mack is better against right tackles. And, of course, Quinn's better off left. So it just keeps everyone right where they're at their best. And I think that's going to really help this defense. One area where I am a little hesitant, though, and I want your opinion here, is hand in the dirt. Robert Quinn versus stand-up rusher Robert Quinn. When you look at five seasons where he's been a hand-in-the-dirt rusher, uh, he had 56.5 sacks, so about 11.3 sacks per season. Uh, But there were four years where Quinn was asked to kind of play up as a stand-up edge guy, only 24 sacks, six sacks per year, so it almost gets cut in half. And I'm sure there are other instances that we can look at between the defenses and who they're playing and how the overall defense fared. But when you just see that, it gets me a little weary knowing the Bears system. And I know there are times when you're seeing, like last year, Cleo Mack line up with his hands in the dirt or another edge rusher doing the same thing. So it doesn't mean that Quinn's going to have to always be a stand-up rusher. But what are your thoughts compared to hand in the dirt Quinn versus stand-up Quinn? Yeah, I think, and that's a good point because Jason Leisure of the Sun-Times, he actually brought up an old article just earlier today about why Robert Quinn um, just felt like he would get more production if he was being asked to be that hand-in-the-dirt kind of guy. And he just said, basically, he gets to stay on one side like he prefers, like you were just mentioning. And having his hand in the dirt, he's just familiar with it, right? So I think when you look at Chuck Pagano's defense, you're going to see some fluctuations, some rotation. And I think that's good because you don't want the offense to just expect the same exact thing every single time. But I think Robert Quinn knew what this defense was about coming into it and knows that there might be some adjustments now that he is there because you want to put these guys in the best position possible to make plays on the quarterback. So I expect, I think we'll see a little bit more hand in the dirt from Robert Quinn and maybe even Khalil Mack, not to say that they can't be hand in the dirt kind of guys and ask to stand up, but I think you're going to see maybe these guys kind of rotate a little bit just to kind of confuse the opposing offense, but I'm not too concerned about it. You most of the time with defenses now you're in this nickel package, so you're asking your your pass rushers to do to adjust basically a little bit depending on what kind of defense you're actually in. So I'm not too concerned with a four three or three four stand up to versus hand in the dirt. We'll see. I think I think Robert Quinn knew what he was getting into. And I think we're we should expect to see some kind of adjustments on you know Chuck Pagano's end just to get the most out of a Robert Quinn. That's what I'm hoping for. You hit it. Robert Quinn knew what he was getting into, and I hope to God it's the fact that he knew he could play in the same front seven as Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks with Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith right behind him. And it wasn't the $70 million deal that he saw in front of him, too. Uh, because, again, historically, he is better in the dirt and not standing up, but 
he better have faith, and I think the Bears have faith that he can be someone to transition into this defense and have uh, similar production that he had a year ago. So let's talk about the Mac effect real quick. How much do you think it's going to help Khalil Mack? Because we talked about it last year. Heck, we talked about it two seasons ago where he just needs a counterpart, a consistent counterpart that can take advantage, not just maybe take some eyes off Khalil Mack, but take advantage of one-on-one situations. And we saw none of that a year ago. And I think we're finally about to see some of that in Robert Quinn. So how's that going to affect Khalil Mack? And more importantly, Nick, probably the whole defense. And I'm sure they're easy answers, but we may as well ask the question now. Yeah, no, I think, look, Robert Quinn has produced when he's had somebody else with him. And I mentioned some of the guys he's played alongside in each respective defense with the Rams, Dolphins, and then Cowboys. But I think this is going to be the best defense he's ever played on. And if you're doing that, tagging him with a Khalil Mack, a healthy Akeem Hicks, you're getting hopefully production out of Bilal Nichols, Eddie Goldman, Danny Trevathan, and Roquan. Like, you as opposing quarterback – are not going to like playing Chicago. Like, it's going to be a low-scoring game. Most likely you're going to get hit. But I think Robert Quinn and Cleo Mack, that's just that's a deadly combo there. I know we saw what Green Bay did when they got signed both their pass rushers, Darius and Preston Smith. The Bears have the opportunity to, I think... Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received please hold robots don't know you we do at farm bureau financial services getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation find a farm bureau agent at fbfs.com protect it's your future let's protect it clearly get better production out of these two guys than those two guys they had really good seasons last year but when you talk about front sevens in the NFL, not just the NFC North, the Bears need to be up there with one of the best now. With this addition of a more consistent player than Leonard Floyd was ever going to be, this was, I think, again, going back to it's just a smart move. It makes the defense a lot more dangerous, just more dangerous. They just didn't apply a lot of pressure last year, Will. They didn't, and this guy will definitely help Cleo Mack, Akeem Hicks, and everybody else get that pressure that they desperately needed last season. And I like that you're using the P word here and not the S word because it's not always about sacks. It's about pressure. And that's why Robert Quinn had the fourth most pressures last year of all edge rushers. And I believe on a per snap basis, it was up there in the top two. And that's really exciting. If he can be that consistent in this defense or even very close to that consistent in this defense, watch out. It's just going to open the floodgates for everyone else to kind of elevate their game because as we know, pressure is what really was the, you know, the secret ingredient which kind of allowed the Bears to have all those turnovers a couple of seasons ago, and obviously this should help kind of restore that somewhat. But you mentioned he's going to be playing against, uh, well, right next to all these great defenders, and I think just like HaHa Clinton Dix last year, that's going to kind of elevate his game. It's going to make him want to perform at a super high level, knowing, hey, I got Khalil Mack over here. I can't let Khalil down on this snap. I got to show him I can get it. Or going back to stuff we talked way in the past about having Friendly competitions between the two to see who can get the most sacks on a per game, per month, per week basis. Some things like that should definitely be in store here for these two guys, two savvy veterans who I know really want to get into the playoffs, go deep into the playoffs, and obviously at the end of the day, uh, put a ring on their finger. And I think that's what it all comes down to, and these are two guys that are hungry, and so they're going to be coming at quarterbacks uh, full force. But now that we kind of lay the outline, what we like about Robert Quinn, some of our concerns, uh, what should we expect? Obviously, we're... Sounds like we're both expecting him to continue to play at a high level. Looking at the money the Bears put his way, they're expecting the same thing. So, Nick, what are your expectations for Robert Quinn in 2020? You know, I think he you should expect, especially just the defense that he's playing on, knowing that he's going to have one-on-one opportunities. And I was expecting coming into this 2019 season, Leonard Floyd to be a double-digit sack guy. Obviously, that didn't happen. Shame on you. But... Shame on me for sure. I was should see my uh, Mitch Trubisky uh, expectations there. Um, but also, I think with Robert Quinn, who's just been more consistent throughout his entire career with applying pressure, getting sacks, you should expect the same double-digit sack guy. I'm not I'm not going to say he's going to get the 19 that he had in 2013, but 
11, 12, and you compliment that with Mac, however much he's going to get, I think that's good productivity. A guy, and you mentioned it earlier, Well, he's hustle. He's just a hustle guy. If the, even if the ball carrier is going in the opposite direction to Mac's side and he somehow doesn't make the tackle, you can expect Quinn to be there to wrap up, to chase a running back downfield. He has that in him, and that's why I like Robert Quinn and just his move in general. But double-digit sack guy for sure just because he's going to have a lot of one-on-one opportunities, a lot like Leonard Floyd had, but I just think he's able to capitalize mm-hmm. when he gets those opportunities. Yeah, I'm sitting here, uh, my way-too-early uh, projections, 50 pressures and another 10 sacks. You said 11 or 12. That'd be great if so. I do think double digits are more than possible when it comes to Robert Quinn, and it wouldn't be a stretch to say you know at least 10 is a good bar for him to kind of set for himself and us as Bears fans as well when you're looking at him. Uh, it's one of those. It's gonna. It's been a long time since we had such a deadly duo on both edges. Uh, you know, it's not. And I'm. It's not even Willie Young or Lamar Houston. I'm thinking. Geez, go back even further. Alex Brown, Adewale Agunle. I know it's a totally different defense and totally different system. Or Julius Peppers and I forgot who was the other edge around that time uh, playing defensive end. But it's been a long time in Chicago since we had two guys to get after quarterbacks off the edge. Uh, this consistently and this well. And that's what really excites me about this pick. And on top of that, too, uh, he has really good production against uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, it is five games throughout his career, three and a half sacks and a forced fumble. I know he has a little bit of an attitude when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, which I like as well. And obviously, Leonard Floyd can only play in games against Green Bay. Uh, so the fact that he's able to kind of do the same thing Robert Quinn is uh, gets me excited that we're not going to have too big of a drop-off. Uh, Leonard Floyd played ungodly when it came to Green Bay sometimes, I swear. But uh, that's besides the point. We'll talk about Leonard here in just a moment. But Nick, it's time to break out the red pen. We weren't so favorable when it came to the, of course, Jimmy Graham signing. But now, Robert Quinn, it seems like this should be a higher grade. So how high are you going? Yeah, so the Bears needed to upgrade this edge position, um, and they definitely did with Robert Quinn. And you get rid of Leonard Floyd's contract and just the the player that he was. You have to put this – look, an A signing would mean you're getting a young player who's been productive, A-plus signing. That's what that range. I'm thinking this is like a B-plus, borderline A, because you get – a guy that is established, who's been consistent his entire career outside the two seasons that he dealt with some injuries, but for the most part, he has been a healthy product, you know, productive player. And now you get him with the Khalil Mack. You're thinking that obviously with a five-year deal, you're expecting him to be here for a little bit of time now, right? And be productive while he's here with this defense. So it's a good signing for the Bears. One that they needed to get the pass rush that they just didn't have last season, like I said earlier. But I like this signing. B plus, borderline A. I think it's it's one that obviously helps out this Bears defense. I like it. Earlier for Jimmy Graham, you had C minus, D plus, and I went with the C minus. This time you have uh, B plus, borderline A. And here in my notes, I have an A minus down for this one as well. Of course, it is a lot of money, um, but this one feels like it's going to pay off at the end of the day. Khalil Mack gets his counterpart. Teams aren't going to be able to block Mack, Hicks, Quinn, everybody else. Uh, the only hesitation I have uh, is the hand in the dirt versus the stand-up rusher, and I'm interesting to see what they're going to use, like how they're going to use Quinn uh, in terms of obviously Leonard Floyd did a lot of coverage snaps, um, but Quinn only has 49 coverage snaps throughout his entire career, so I don't really envision the Bears asking him to do that. So wondering how that's going to kind of alter the overall scheme of this defense, but I do like this one a lot. We talked about it. He has hustle, a high motor. He's an effort kind of guy who can win with speed. Uh, he can win with power, and at the end of the day, when you have all those different tools in your belt, it just makes the entire Bears team so much stronger on defense, and that's what really excites me. And now before we get onward, I do want to mention uh, some polls that we ran on Twitter for some of these grades because I forgot to do it for Jimmy Graham, but uh, we'll start with uh, Robert Quinn real quick. Uh, 63% of Bears fans are giving that one an A, while 31% are giving it a B, and everyone else kind of trickles down under the fact. Uh, And then for Jimmy Graham, what percent of Bears fans do you think gave Jimmy Graham signing an A, Nick, just for fun? Uh, How much they gave him an A? Man, probably 2%. 
1.4%, so very strong guess there. 27.6% gave it a B or a C, because uh, I wanted to get all the letter grades on here. 44.4% gave it a D, uh, and then 26% of Bears fans uh, went ahead and already gave that one an F. And hopefully 26% of Bears fans are wrong, because I don't think any of us want that to fail. Yeah, all right. no, I'm, no, we'll see. No, yeah, we'll find out. Uh, so moving forward here, uh, we talked about Robert Quinn, and we've mentioned it in passing, but Leonard Floyd, Nick, he's no longer a Chicago Bear. It's another first-round pick that Leonard, or that Leonard, that Ryan Pace has had to say goodbye to and kind of give up on, and heck, maybe there's another one on this team right now that's kind of going through the same thing, but one at a time, Leonard Floyd, uh, what's your initial reaction and thought? I think this is something that, at least on the podcast, We've kind of felt coming for some time just due to the $13 million hit. Although, didn't you say, was it even a week ago, that Leonard Floyd would be on this roster? I did. I didn't expect him to decide Robert Quinn, <laughs> you know. So I, it made sense. Um, just with the cap hit, obviously if the Bears don't sign Robert Quinn. I think Leonard Floyd is here. But they knew that they could upgrade this position and find somebody that was just better at what he actually does, rushing the quarterback. So it wasn't surprising. The next tweet I was looking for right after they signed Robert Quinn, well, when are they going to release Leonard Floyd? You can't have that cap hit alongside someone you're paying five years, $70 million to with Robert Quinn. So it made sense. The thing that I think Bears fans should be worrisome, there should be some worrisome about is this is Ryan Pace and his history so far with these first-round draft picks. And those first-round draft picks not staying in Chicago and not even into their fifth year, right? You look at Kevin White, gone. A lot of injuries with him. Leonard Floyd, you move up to get him. He never turned out to be the guy that you want him to be. And that guy that you were mentioning, we all know, is Mitch Trubisky. And it doesn't seem like he's going to get to that fifth-year option either. Even though the Bears haven't made a move at quarterback, that's where the concern comes with with Ryan Pace in these first-round draft picks but just looking at Leonard Floyd it, it was all it all came down to consistency we all heard the stories every single summer and I know I probably read some as well that this is the year Leonard Floyd's going to make an impact going to break out be the player that you expect him to be it never happened unless he somehow develops a counter move is able to add some more to his game other than speed he's just not going to be uh, again, consistent player in this league, and that's why he's going to a different team. I think the Giants are interested in him. They, that was a team that really wanted Leonard Floyd in that 2016 draft, but it made sense. Well, the Bears won an upgrade. They got one now, and they're they're better for it. The only thing, the big thing that they do lose, and you mentioned it with Robert Quinn, Quinn's not a guy that will drop back in coverage, but when you're paying pass rushers, you are paying them to get after the quarterback. That's just something that Leonard Floyd couldn't do. Nope. Leonard Floyd couldn't get after the quarterback. It was hard for him to remain healthy. At the end of the day, when you're an edge rusher in the NFL and you can't get quarterbacks and you can't stay on the field, I mean, the writing's on the wall there. And again, that $13.2 million just never really made a lot of sense when it came to the production. And again, uh, the Bears could, and they did talk up all the, quote, little things that Floyd did well. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, it just wasn't enough to warrant that hefty price tag, and I think the Bears' defense with another pure pass rusher uh, should definitely be well better off. Uh, but uh, something we used to do in the past when we let people go, and we haven't had to do too many of these, which is exciting for the Bears, retaining a lot of players. If you have your favorite Leonard Floyd memory you would like to share as a like a little post-mortem? Ooh, uh, it has to be the color rush game. Man, I don't know how many years ago that was now where he ends up sacking Rodgers, getting off. Someone's on top of him. He kind of bear crawls crawls. over, gets the football, end up being a touchdown. That was was obviously, I think for me, uh, my favorite moment. I also saw him live when the Bears won the division um, at Soldier Field. He had that sack on Aaron Rodgers as well. But those would be definitely my top two Leonard Floyd moments. And, I look, I wish him the best. I have no grievances or anything against Leonard Floyd. I got his jersey. I posted on Twitter what I should do with that now. But uh, I hope he you know, does well wherever he goes next. Just He just didn't pan out here in Chicago. Exactly. And that's what it comes down to for me. Uh, the favorite moment, though, has to be the one you referenced, the bear crawling one. I mean, it's Green Bay. 
it's rare to see a play unfold the way it did. And I think those were one of those rare moments that we, you know, still held out hope for Leonard Floyd. Like, hey, if he can just find a way not to do that specifically every play, that's impossible. But if he can find a way to just do that once a month or just have an impact play here and there instead of twice a year, that'd be great. Uh, the body slam, too, uh, when we're down to Miami, uh, sweltering in that Miami heat in that loss was one that, uh, I remember too, uh, with the son next to me and he's like, can he do that? And I'm like, no, you're not supposed to be body slamming people like that. But another interesting Leonard Floyd moment that will always kind of come to mind when I reminisce about his time in Chicago. But moving forward here, the bears are not done adding to the roster. And of course, uh, they're making some appearances around, uh, about reaching out to quarterbacks. Uh, they're, really in cahoots or speaking to a lot of the available uh, veteran quarterbacks. It began with the news that the Bears were working on a deal with Teddy Bridgewater uh, that kind of evolved. The Bears now trying to secure either Andy Dalton, uh, I think he's also tied to the Patriots, uh, and Nick Foles. And as of right now, uh, the Bears have not acquired a quarterback unless I refresh Twitter and things change. Um, But I think even though the Bears have not signed a quarterback yet, Nick, their actions are heard not just here in Chicago, but around the league, and they're heard loud and clear. They want to add to this quarterback room, and they're looking to bring in competition and maybe move on from Mitch Trubisky entirely, at least with the Teddy Bridgewater news. So are you surprised that the Bears were this active at looking at quarterbacks, or is this about what you envisioned coming out of the gate? No, this is what I envision. They should have been aggressive looking for somebody else to just take the Bears to the next level at that position. Look, the options there that you mentioned, I'm not screaming for joy for any of these guys, right? But it it was expected that the Bears were going to look at competition for these guys, even though Ryan Pace, and I was two feet away from him during that conference at the scouting combine, said, Mitch is our starter. He is our guy. This is who we're going with moving forward. He also said great things about Leonard Floyd, and he's gone. So you can't really take what these guys say, him and Matt Nagy, Seriously, because these actions, again, like you said, will speak louder than... Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TemperPedic.com. They're looking for another quarterback. The, it, the, the options now are starting to dwindle with all these quarterbacks going places. The latest one, Tom Brady to Tampa Bay. But I think the Bears will end up with somebody. I think if, you know, I, if I had to put my money on it, it's probably going to be Andy Dalton. That's just who I think is going to be the guy. Um, again, not excited about it. I don't know how much better he he is then the Mitch Trubisky, to be completely honest. But that's just who I have a feeling it will be. And the Bears are looking for options. That's the big thing. So, yeah, it's I think if you're Mitch Trubisky right now, you're wondering, oh, well, where I should be prepared to go somewhere else because it depends. If you get maybe a Nick Foles, does that just end Trubisky entirely? I don't know if Andy Dalton does, to be completely honest. I think you'd wait it out to see in the summer who actually wins that and you have a capable backup in whoever gets it but uh, that's who I just expect will be the guy for the Bears unless he does go to the Patriots because now there is a vacant spot there with Brady going to Tampa Bay yeah it's interesting I I think it's going to be of course you have Foles you have Dalton I know Cam Newton's getting thrown around in the fire again uh, just due to the fact that Teddy Bridgewater is going to Carolina so I wouldn't completely rule that one off of the table as well but Honestly, Nick, the more I think about it, no matter if it's any of those three, I think Mitch is here. I think he's on the roster. I think he's your backup, an expensive one, but just due to how the contracts are situated, I don't know if anyone's going to really trade for Mitch. I don't know if they've seen anything that's going to warrant that. And, of course, trades in the NFL happen. uh, When they do happen, people usually overspend a little bit, unless you're buying DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans, (laughs) and then apparently you can get a pretty good deal there. But really, though, when it comes down to it, they're looking at quarterbacks, and I wish we can get into you know Mitch's head to see what he's thinking right now. Someone who's had uh, issues with nerves, issues with his confidence. I know uh, he's had some poor games, and he's admitted it's taken him some time to kind of shrug those off. 
Matt Nagy in the press conference when you and I were in Indianapolis, uh, when he was talking about Mitch, mentioned that he can't dwell. And I think this is another instance where he can't dwell on it. It's reality. They're going to bring in someone to push him. And as much as, you know, you were probably envisioning whoever that guy will be to end up as the starter, I hope that lights a fire under Mitch. And if he does get thrust into playing time, you know, he plays his ass off and he doesn't just completely turtle up, you know, put the hoodie on, check out, and uh, end his time in Chicago that way. Uh, That wouldn't be the way I like to see it go. I like to see him keep fighting. But, yeah, Nick. Uh, Bears are gonna they're gonna add a quarterback. It's gonna be a free agent quarterback. It's gonna be a rather big name. I don't know which one is exactly gonna be. Of course, I'm not gonna speculate on it. But no matter who it is, I, I envision Mitch being here, and I envision the quarterback room, the vibe to change drastically. And as much as they're trying to still put on the persona, it's gonna be a quote open competition. I don't know how much I can even buy that because, like you said, they just lie and, and lie again, which uh, before we went live, you're kind of applauding Ryan Pace for being so damn good at it. Yeah, like I was, again, maybe two feet away from him and listening to him talk about Mitch Trubisky, Leonard Floyd, it, it, you know, at the Combine, and he didn't flinch when he said that Leonard Floyd was a great player, versatile, we really like him, most likely, you know, all these great things, he's gone saying all this about Mitch Trubisky. The Bears are interested in every single quarterback possible right now. So it's impressive. It really is. I We talked like, hey, he'd be a really great lawyer if you need one. But, yeah, it's just crazy that you can do that in front of what I think at the time there was maybe 15 media, you know, members of the media there and just straight lies. Crazy. It is crazy, but – uh, that's why he gets paid the big bucks, and he's not going to tell you what he's going to do. I mean, it's part of the game. You have to kind of uh, keep your cards close to your chest, and Pace does it better than the rest. But while we're here, Nick, uh, we talked about all the players coming in. We mentioned one leaving. Uh, we may as well kind of catch everyone else up just in case we miss some news on uh, some of the other players departing. Uh, Chase Daniel heading to Detroit. Uh, we kind of knew he was moving on anyway. Nick Williams is joining him, uh, which did kind of take away some depth of our defensive line. Not that he was under contract, but you and I both envisioned that the Bears would be able to kind of retain him. But he got a pretty good deal, two years, $10 million, I think, in Detroit. So good for Nick Williams to kind of capitalize on that. It was just two years ago he wasn't even in football. And now he's getting a pretty hefty contract there in Detroit. Nick Kwiatkowski, he got himself a deal with the Raiders. Kevin Pierre-Lewis is heading to Washington. So thinking about Leonard Floyd's release, uh, losing KPL, Nick Williams, do you think the lines of a you know depth at all those positions, inside linebacker, uh, uh, we're still looking for the third outside linebacker, and of course defensive line are starting to kind of creep up on the order of needs for this Bears team? Because for me, yes. Absolutely. I think the inside linebacker one, when you lose, I, you know, I really wanted Kevin Pierre Lewis to be on this team for another season, just with how he played when Roquan and Danny Trevathan went down. He's a guy you could rely on. Good for him, though, getting his deal with the Redskins and, you know, he's getting the money that he he deserves there. But yeah, now it kind of changes the focus there. Obviously, the Bears have... Um, you know, some inside linebackers, not a lot of playing experience with Joel E.A. Buniwe and Josh Woods, like guys that you don't feel as comfortable had they been the guy stepping in for Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith. You wouldn't feel as comfortable, no doubt. And then Nick Williams, uh, I think on that defensive line, you're really just expecting Bilal Nichols to really show up now. So losing him, yes, is a blow to the defensive line, but we didn't see much of Bilal Nichols because of that injury they sustained early on. I think you're really hoping he could be a big impact for this 2020 season. For depth-wise, I'm trying to think Brent Urban was under contract last year. Maybe he's a guy you can bring back to be that depth piece or that Nick Williams may have ended ended up being because you're going to have Roy Robinson-Harris, Akeem Hicks, Blow Nichols as your three, uh, at least for the end guys, uh, keeping out the nose tackle with Eddie Goldman. I still feel like you need at least one or two more depth pieces, uh, someone that can play edge and someone preferably who can you know, slide in to play nose if needed, which Nick Williams with his big body was able to do that. Yeah, I think that would be an area where maybe we'll see uh, once actually, once free agency actually starts, maybe sign a guy <laughs> that is uh, you know, on a team-friendly deal, a veteran guy that can fill that role for the Bears. Anything else about any of the guys departing? Anyone that you want to kind of crown as hardest to replace? That might be a fun little superlative to add to it. 
Uh, hard to, I think it's hardest to replace a Nick Krakowski because he is a starter in this league and guys do go down and both the inside linebackers that are currently projected to start for the Bears have gone down and Trevathan's a guy that has had a number of injuries uh, throughout his career and Roquan Smith obviously with the pec injury you lose a guy like Nick Krakowski you lose a serviceable starter and that's why he's getting paid what he is um in in Las Vegas now by the Raiders so that's probably going to be your biggest blow there losing a guy like that but you just got to hope that your guys that you do have on this roster are at least getting prepared to play sometime on defense because right now like I said the two inside linebackers that are backups I'm not feeling too confident so that's why I think Nick Wachowski leaving it made sense but I think it's it's the one that's hardest to replace. Good for Nick Wachowski, though. Uh, great player, and I hope he does the best in Las Vegas as well. It's so weird to say that. I'm like, who plays in Las Vegas? What's he doing already blowing away all of his earnings in the casino? I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a football team there. Forget. Yeah, very nice nice stadium, too. Have you seen, like, pictures of it? The one in the middle of the desert? So it's kind of like the one in Arizona. But, yes, I, I saw the, the images of the stadium. It's nice. Uh, hopefully people are out inside by the time we get August, September. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. It's scary. But anyway, we're talking Bears football here. We're not trying to creep each other out. So for fun's sake, uh, any bold predictions uh, for what Ryan Pace and the Bears have up their sleeve as we kind of continue to work through the free agency period? Do you want to kind of guess what you think the next move or a couple of moves will kind of look like? It has to be something with the quarterbacks, I would assume. At some point, there's going to be no options left. And if the Bears are just going to end up doing nothing, that's telling in itself and maybe the Bears weren't lying about Mitch Trubisky being the starter, but I would expect that to be the next move or you're extending Allen Robinson. Either one of those two, but quarterback needs to be addressed. You, there needs to be a veteran on this team, someone to push Mitch, but these options, like I said, are starting to dwindle down. There's not many left. I expect that to not be the case in hopefully the next day or two. Interesting. I, I mean, yes, they're gonna. Those are pieces that always move faster than the rest in the NFL. The quarterback pieces. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, for me, if I had to guess, it just feels like a safety of some sort. Either be a re-signing of a haha, which he kind of alluded to, but I don't know if I buy into uh, his tweet that he had, or uh, someone that I've mentioned like a Tony Jefferson or a Carl Joseph. Uh, those would be some intriguing options. And of course, we still need a corner, or at least we think we still need a corner. Depends on how much the Bears believe in Roberson coming out of the CFL. Um, but just reading a few uh, responses, I did put a little Twitter poll out there. No one thinks it can be a cornerback Kevin Johnson or safety Von Bell. Our own Steve Letizia said it will be a trade for Andy Dalton, even though he believes it should be a trade for Cam Newton. Uh, Jacob Infante from Windy City Gridiron mentioned Tony Jefferson in a trade for Cam. Uh, Ryan Nicholas said sign Tom Brady, uh, JK, because that obviously is uh, not going to happen now. Uh, I see another one for HaHa Clinton Dix, two more for Cam Newton. I see a Malcolm Jenkins uh, signing an Andrew Whitworth, so going with the guard. So, yeah, a lot of people are looking at signing quarterbacks here, obviously, safety, and then offensive line seem to be the overall kind of synopsis here offensive line of course we still don't have a starting right guard i just feel like they're trying to go with a budget friendly cheap option plus a draft pick uh, at least my two cents how things are shaking out early but how about this one one more thing and we'll end the show uh we've had a few free agent signings does this change how you see the bears approaching round two of the draft as of today uh, yeah, I would say so. I think looking at tight end in the second round, and I think even before this, there weren't a lot of people projecting outside of Cole Komet from Notre Dame that there would be uh, tight ends worth drafting in the second round. I think if you're not drafting Komet, which I don't really think they are now, that gets out of the equation. Um, since they didn't sign a guard in free agency, I would think that's right now, that's where the Bears are targeting. And with those two second round draft picks, one of them to be a guard. Um, and then also, obviously, there isn't a quarterback here. Do you take it once, if, once, but hopefully once they sign a quarterback, you maybe draft a developmental guy in that second round or something like that. Um, that, I think, is how maybe the Bears could approach the draft based off of what they have and haven't done in free agency so far. Yeah, we'll see. And. 
give it three days, Nick, and your answer will totally change again. But it's always nice to kind of continue to poke and prod at some of these, you know, issues or not issues, but things that are happening and how they're kind of adjusting as the bear situation kind of molds and shapes uh, as we go through this early initial first wave of free agency. But all right, that'll do it, Bears fans. I want to thank you all for listening to this episode. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. I think we're roughly 30 away from our goal of 600. And no matter where you are, just know that Nick and I do appreciate each and every one of you. We'll be back soon as more news. It's bound to break. Uh, Will we have a new quarterback to discuss? I think we're about to find out. But until next time, Nick has one last thing. So he ruined the outro. Go ahead, Nick. I did. I'm sorry. Um, so I did tweet out that I will be taking Bears questions tomorrow. It's for a final project. If you have any questions, just leave them on that that tweet below or just tune in whenever I do this, do this uh, video. But just wanted to do that, interrupt the outro, and now you can continue, Will, just well, like it never happened. It did happen, and now I don't <laughs> know how to end it. I, I had what I wanted to hit onto my notes and then say my signature line, but... For real, though, Nick and I do appreciate uh, all of you, no matter where you are and how you consume our show. You are appreciated by us. I hope that you and yours are staying safe and continuing to uh, do safe practices throughout this time. I know, Nick, you're getting a bidet here and potentially a dog. Uh, So that's exciting developments for you during quarantine. Can't wait to hear the updates, preferably on the dog. Uh, We'll see how the conversations go. Uh, But yeah, we'll be back soon as soon as more news hits uh, our timelines. But until next time. Bear down, Chicago. Bear down.